Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hey, I was uh, doing some prep for one of my shows uh, a week or so ago, and I came across uh, a quote from Muhammad Ali, and it really got my attention. And it says a lot about wisdom. And here's what the quote says. The man who views the world at 50 is, uh, excuse me, the the man who views the world at 50, the same as he did at 20, has wasted 30 years of his life. The man who views the world at 50, the same as he did at 20, has wasted 30 years of his life. What a great quote. You know, it's interesting. A lot of us do learn from experience. A lot of us do become wiser. But we actually know some people that don't. <laughs> you know, that's that's just the reality, and we certainly can we can help them along in their lives as well. But one of the things that I've mentioned on this show many times is I started a, sort of a fitness uh, craze for myself many years ago. I actually started forty years ago, and frankly, when I when I hear me say over forty years ago, uh, it's actually kind of hard for me to to see that because I don't I don't feel. That I'm 65 years old. I don't feel 65 years old. Not. I don't think. I don't feel like I think like a 65 year old. I don't think that I, you know, physically feel 65 years. But, but the truth is, um, I am a lot more wise. That that is, that is for sure. And I have definitely learned from from my experience. You know, I came I came to the realization many years ago as it relates to my fitness goals that I'm never actually going to arrive. You know, there's going to be just this continuous journey where we're going to continue to learn um, more and more about how to um, how to maybe find that next level of fitness. I recognize a long time ago, you never actually arrive at a destination. You, you think you do, and then you make adjustments and you uh, you set out to set a you know, set new goals and to achieve new goals. Um, you may remember the name Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar was a really famous motivational speaker who died a few years ago, but he made a huge impact. And a lot of what he teaches is still as relevant today as it was back when he taught it. But he he, he said that we should think of it this way. And this is really true in life, actually. But he said, you know, when you may finish school, and obviously we do and we will finish school, but we never stop our education. You know, we never stop our education. That's so true when it comes to fitness goals and fitness, but it's also really true about life. You know, speaking of Zig Ziglar, he also once said this, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Think about how powerful that is. That's just really incredible. Okay, so for those of you who may have forgotten, or you maybe never even heard the name Zig Ziglar, let me tell you a little bit about him. He was a World War II veteran. Um, He died at the age of 86. But he achieved a lot of success in his life. In fact, some of his success, some of the most significant success in his life came after the age of 50, which I've always found fascinating. But he was a very successful like uh, salesman for several different companies. And eventually, later in his life, he decided to become a motivational speaker and he, a trainer and an author. He wrote a bunch of books. He wrote books about success and motivation and, and finding balance in your life. Um, I read most of them early in my career, but throughout my career, I found myself sort of coming back to them and sort of, you know, getting reminded of the basics. 
because a lot of this, there's a while it's not always easy, there's a lot of sort of basic foundation in what he teaches. And we get moving so fast in our lives, we sometimes forget about those basics. So I was always coming back. He had a great cassette tape series. And for the younger people who are listening to this, that would be today would be called a podcast. Um, I can still remember his southern voice speaking to me. He had millions of followers, and uh, he'd been on 2020 and 60 Minutes and all these shows that you've heard about. But he urged us, for example, to do this. Remember that failure is an event, not a person. You know, he always said that we learn from our failures, and we should never get too down. It was always a learning experience. Um, one that I never forgot was this, that if you help, you will get what you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. Now, the way I used to say that is this way. Um, let's see. People, people often say uh, that motivation doesn't last. Neither, neither does bathing. Neither, neither does bathing. <laughs> That's why we, we recommend doing, uh, doing motivation every single day. That's what he said. And I said this, that uh, you help people get what they want out of life. When you when you get what you want to uh, you, I'm blowing that one to, to heckin' back, but you will get what you want in life when, if you help enough pe- enough people get what they want in life. I always felt like that was really strong, and as a leader in an organization, that was always a driving force. Um, you know, one one thing that I that I love about Zig Ziglar is that he, if you look back on his teachings, he would think of today's social media. As um, as a terrible thing, <laughs> he would hate social media. He once said this: that there has never been a statue erected to honor a critic. <laughs> there are a lot of critics around us, aren't they? And social media certainly has really put us in that position. Um, and the and these things, and there's this thing that he said about setting our goals high. He said, expect the best, prepare for the worst, and then capitalize on what comes. And then he also added this, a goal properly set is halfway achieved. Think about that. A goal properly set is halfway achieved, which is a really powerful statement about setting your goals high. Um, and then there's this one that screams out about success in your career, in your relationships, and your physical fitness goals, anything about life. Uh, for that matter, it's all about your mindset. And this is something that he spent a lot of time talking about. Uh, I can hear Zig Ziglar now in that Southern Alabama voice as he says this, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. Think about it. Let me say it again. Your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. Such a smart point of view. And it's really so darn true. Uh, there's so many more. I, I think that Zig Ziglar could be easily said that he was the, the doctor of motivation. And, and one other, he said, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. And it doesn't matter what, what age you are. I think it's important to point out, as I said earlier, that he didn't achieve his success till later in life. He had some early success as a salesman. Don't get me wrong. But the kind of uh, the incredible success that he had touching millions of people came after he was the age of 50. And I think that's an important point to make. Um, and here's one I'll just throw in. And I think it's very uh, powerful. It doesn't necessarily go with uh, the theme of today's show. But in some ways, maybe it does. And he said this. If you're looking for a friend, you're going to find they're scarce. But if you go out to be a friend, you're going to find them everywhere. Boy, isn't that powerful? It means about giving more than you look to receive back. Um, If you're a younger person and you've not really paid much attention to Zig Ziglar, look him up. You can go to YouTube and watch one of his videos. There's a lot of content out there. 
And what he has to say, in my my view, is extremely uh, and literally timeless. Uh, there's a lot to reflect on, uh, but I'll share one last thought about Zig Ziglar. He he said this: find time to be quiet. Take a slow, lazy, absolutely meaningless walk. Uh, be you know a very quiet walk, or just find a place to sit in your house quietly. This is an important teaching from Zig, of Zig Ziglar. He he would do this uh, literally every morning, and I do this every morning. I I literally go and sit in my chair before the sun wakes up, and I think, and uh, I try to block out all the things I need to do and all the things that are rattling in my head, but to try to find some some uh, some you know really quiet time. And that he he believes, and I came to learn that sitting there quietly, finding that mo- moment of meditation, is a way to actually renew your energy. Uh, it makes you more excited about today. It makes you, it makes you, um, it makes you, you know, want to sort of go after life. It's tough, though. I understand it. it's tough to sit quietly because there's a lot of temptations that cause the racing mind. But I think if you find the time to reflect, you'll be you'll be happy that you did. It's often how I find the framework for this show. It's often that you know what comes out of those quiet moments of reflection. Uh, you know, this show in particular came from a morning before the sun woke up of just sitting quietly. And then I got to thinking about Zig Ziglar and what he taught me. And then I you know, went on a bit of a mission. Uh, that's the beauty of the phone. You can do that. Um, anyway, I think that, that this, is, uh, this is really important and it helps you. And this particular conversation we're going to have today is about fitness and sort of the mindset around fitness, fitness. But as you can imagine, it really applies in so many different ways. And if you think about this current constant journey that we're all on, Instagram and social media, if you find the right people to follow, the advancements in science and fitness goals and all that, they're right there at your fingertip, and you can be inspired by it. I know that I am every day, and I keep learning new things, and it's uh, it's quite amazing. So with all that said, I want to turn now to my friend, uh, a human optimization coach who's been on this show many times, and we're going to reflect on all of this for the for the entire show today. But anyway, let me uh, let me invite my friend Robbie D'Angelo into the conversation and just start by saying good morning, my friend. Man, that was a beautiful refresher course on Zig Ziglar. And some of those things, you know, I've read those, I read those books when I was first out of college, and what it reminded me of uh, is actually Socrates is one of my favorite philosophers, and he said. An unexamined life is not a life worth living. Isn't that so true? That's so, Hey, Robbie, look, here, we're coming to the end of this segment. And I mentioned it was going to be a bit of a longer setup because for people who have not heard of Zig Ziglar, maybe I've just maybe tantalized him to go learn a little bit more about him. He's got so many amazing things to teach. When we come back, we'll talk about how this applies to you and your, your, your journey toward finding health and fitness. We'll see you after this. Live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Robbie uh, D'Angelo. He's a human optimization coach from Coastal Mississippi. He has a great story of his own that we have reflected on in past shows. Uh, weighed over 300 pounds as an offensive lineman for the University of Southern Mississippi starting, I think, every game for four years or some, some ridiculous number like that. And uh, he went on a personal mission to improve his own life, and it, it actually evolved into him ultimately having a career in helping others find sort of their, their sweet spot of, of, uh, of health both mentally and physically. But, hey, Robbie, you heard what I said. If you can dream it, you can achieve it. That was a major thought of Zig Ziglar's, as I say, the doctor of motivation. But it's true, isn't it? It absolutely is. And, you know, I often tell people, if you have a dream in your heart and in your soul, it's there for a reason. And you're doing your maker an injustice if you don't go for it. That's, that's, that's so true. Okay. I, I saw you kind of chuckle a couple of times and, and nod a, a, several times. But when uh, when I shared this comment from Zig Ziglar where I said that he would hate social media the way that it is today and what it does to the human psyche, he said there has never been a statue erected to honor a critic. Um, boy, there are a lot of people out there who start with a negative framework and they try to tear other people down who are working so hard to make themselves better. Absolutely. It's, it, it is a shame in society right now that we're seeing so many people look for validation in the tearing down of others. And for me personally, I'm going to be a little hard in saying this, it's because they're not willing to do the work on themselves. So they're seeking value in lifting themselves up by tearing others down. And what a sad way to look at life. If your only means of feeling good about yourself is by bringing others down and it's just it's such a fear and scarcity mentality but you're right it is a cancer in our society right now you don't have to be great great to start but you have to start to be great some people just it's that they're afraid to take that when you when it comes to really getting your mind in tune with your body and beginning the journey of fitness and health some people have a hard time getting started don't they Absolutely. They do. It's honestly one of the biggest things I see with people is we have these dreams, we have these goals, we have these kind of wants in our life, but they never turn into needs. But also we, we let fear creep in. We let the enormity of what we're thinking about creep in and we absolutely overcomplicate our next step. Right. If you're somebody like you think about this, if you're walking through a really dark forest and you can't see a way out. If all you're doing is looking for the end point, you're gonna get lost. But what would happen if you just focus on your next step? Don't trip on your next step. Focus on not stepping in a hole in your next step. If we just focus on the next step and we take enough of those next steps, we get to where we're trying. But so many times we confuse the enormity of what we're trying to solve with the simplicity of taking that next step. You know, I've heard, I've had uh, people on the show who have dealt with addiction, and addiction comes in so many different forms. Some of them you you obviously know about drugs and alcohol, but <clears throat> it's so much more complicated than that. People with addictive behavior say that one of the paths to get out of whatever it is, it could be eating, it could be things that are not good for your body or your mind. And um, what they say is that it's, you know, it's exactly what you said, that you got to take the first step. And then if you get, to, you get through today, then you go to the next day. 
and then two days have passed, and then seven days have passed, and you just—it's just you—you you do the best you can do today, and then before you know it, a month has passed, and then months have passed, and then years pass. But but you can't get to that step if you don't take the first step today. And you may fall off from time to time, but the reality is, if you stay focused on it and you have your goals in in, in sight, the goals are really important, by the way, aren't they? Well, what good is a GPS about a destination? Yeah. You know, what What? What good is an action plan, a business plan, um, anything, if you don't know where you're going, right? A ship, it, let's see, what is the quote? No wind is favorable for the ship that knows not which port they're sailing. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> that's powerful. But it is an accumulation of taking the proper steps today. Before you know it, it kind of adds up. And and when it starts to add up is when you start to feel some of the benefits of it. You know, you may not necessarily feel the benefits in the in the beginning. In fact, it may be it may feel like you're giving too much, that you're sacrificing too much, and that it's too hard. But eventually, it gets a little easier. And there's this moment in time where I don't know if it's a bell curve or whatever. When you start to realize, wait a minute, I'm starting to feel some of the benefits from this. You know, and then. You start, then the endorphins start to roll, and you want you want that feeling more, and that feeling is a good place to be. But it's you know it's not, it's not something that comes immediately, and it takes people some some work to get there, doesn't it? It absolutely does, and that's why I love when um for the audience out there, go look up who Mel Robbins is, and she famously said, "Motivation is garbage." And the reason she said that is like when you first get started with something, it's tough. You're having a lot of negative emotions. You're breaking free from that old comfortable version of you. and You're becoming really uncomfortable. There might be some emotional pain involved. There might be some physical pain involved. And let's be honest, when you're feeling discomfort, you're feeling pain, you're not motivated. So that's when you have to be a little more disciplined and let the actions that you're taking create the emotions you want instead of letting your current emotions dictate the actions you're going to take. Zig Ziglar also said, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. Your attitude, not your aptitude. You know what? That's true in anything you do. You know, perseverance, determinate, dog determination can create some amazing success, even if you're not the smartest person in the room. It's, that's just the reality, isn't it? Well, the number one thing people ask me is like, hey, where do I start? Like, what if you had to teach me one mindset thing, what would it be? And I always say it's a growth mindset. It's the uh, it's the thought process of I can get better. I am not my where I'm at now does not dictate where I'm going to be. Right. Any skill I can learn, I can get better at absolutely anything. And anything that I go through does nothing but make me stronger. And it's that growth mindset, which is your attitude. Right. Growth mindset is nothing but an attitude that absolutely will change the outcome of your life. So that's the one thing I'll tell you. Carol Dweck wrote a phenomenal book called Mindset. It's all about having a growth mindset. She's actually one that uh, coined the term. Um, but that right there is foundational for anyone that wants to create change in their life. You know, Robbie, as you know, I retired when I was when I, when I was in my 50s in 2016. And I was uh, retired for about four years before I started COSU. And I, you know, I used to do it from here at the house. It's a passion of mine now. I love doing it. I want to give everything I've got to it. I don't consider this a job. I consider this an opportunity to give back. And really, I'm getting more from it than I'm giving, to be quite honest with you. But, um, 
But one thing is, is interesting about sort of where I am in my life today is that because I don't have the stresses of running a large company on me anymore or companies on me anymore, um, I, I can be more thoughtful. I do have the time now to sit quietly in the morning. We'll come back to that in the next segment about why that's important. But I look at some of my friends, some of my closest friends who are still working and incredibly uh, engaged in their work. They have tremendous responsibilities. They're wound up tighter than a rubber band. Um, I can see it in their eyes. I can see it in their face. I can see it in their health. You know, the, 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 the impact that stress has, the cumulative impact on stress. I felt it in my body, obviously. I can see it in them. And one of the things that's interesting is that I'll see them get worked up about something, wound up tight about something, and it's really not that something that's got them wound up. It's it's all these other things in their life. And I'll have to, some friend will say, well, you know, why is he getting so excited about that? I said, look, it's okay. You know, it, it's, it's, it may take him a day or two to unwind. What we're seeing really is the manifestation of all the stresses that he's got in his real world. And it, and it kind of manifests itself in what, so don't read too much into it. Let's be patient with him. Let's let, let's give him an opportunity to unwind. And I'm a, I'm a lot more calmer at, you know, to be honest with you, I, I'll say, look, hey, it's okay, dude. I, I get it. You're, there's a lot going on here and, I, and that would bug me too, but, but don't, you know, give it a minute. I think it'd be, it won't be that big a deal and, and, you know, a little bit, let a little bit of time pass. You see that all the time. I mean, the stress on people in today's world is really unbelievable, really. I mean, it's just, a, the stress is a killer, isn't it? We're living in an ever increasing demanding world that's becoming more and more fast paced. And honestly, our human self has not been able to keep up with, right? We're, we're not evolved enough to have a cell phone in our hand 24-7 and to be in touch 24-7 with our business, our family, and everything. Like, we are made to have those breaks, but we don't get them right now. And just as you said, you know, some people I see do that, and it's, you know, they're hurting, and that incident is just the tipping point. It's just the point that, told, that got them from being collective and kind of compartmentalized their pain to now having to go external and you're right a lot of people are hurting right now a lot of people are having trouble stress stress is the number one cause of aging and disease and we're seeing both of those things have a real impact on people right now and we have to like look those things aren't going away that's what we have to understand they're not going away so we have to learn the tools to better handle the stress in our life. Stress will always be there. We're humans, we don't live in a bubble and the world will continue to get crazy. So what tools can we learn? How can you know emotional intelligence, meditation, breathing, or just having someone to talk to in your life, what tools can I learn to help me get through life better? When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Robbie D'Angelo and we'll continue to, to, to dive in even deeper. We'll see you after this. for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Robbie D'Angelo, who's a human optimization coach, and we're just kind of covering the waterfront and the kind of things you need to think about as you sort of set out on a goal to improve your health. And 
um, you know, it's one day at a time. But, you know, Robbie, one of the things that is you were talking about the enormous amount of stress that are on people and how that sort of stacks up. You actually reached you actually at one point held up your smartphone. And when you did that, it reminded me that let me give you some points of reference. So it's, it's 2022. Uh, in 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit. We didn't have smartphones in 2005. That's that's amazing. I actually was a leader of the strategic planning effort for Knight Ritter, the company that at the time owned the Sun-Herald. And in that strategic planning effort, we said that the phone is rapidly going to change our world. It's amazing to go back and look at that and to see just how much we figured out that it was going to become the center of purchasing and you know, so much about ourselves was going to be controlled by this. And we didn't have, we saw indications of what you could do on a phone. But then on, in 2007, Steve Jobs, you know, issues, uh, you know, this, this proclamation about this amazing, you can see it on the, you can see the video the where he's on the stage and he talks about taking, taking the iPod and bring it together with the phone. And, you know, now we have the smartphone that has revolutionized the world, but you think about how that's changed everything. It really has changed everything. It changes social media then evolved rapidly. Uh, then you have, you know, work has evolved rapidly. The ability to be able to do work anywhere, anytime, seven days a week. Um, you know, that's uh, this, that's been sort of uh, an appendage of work that's really, in some ways, it's made us somewhat more productive, but it also has given us the inability to find our quiet times that I talked about in that first segment. But it's amazing what the iPhone has done to change everything. And in a lot of ways, it's, uh, it's helped us manage stress sometimes because we're able to get something processed and done quickly. But I think maybe uh, if you look at the pluses and minuses, it's more of a minus and a plus from a work point of view because no longer do people work eight to five anymore. They're, they're on their phones all the time. And uh, that's not a good thing, is it? So just give you a quick stat. The average American um, focus has gone down. It, went, it was 13 seconds before the smartphone. It's now seven. So yeah. we, have a sh- we have a shorter attention span than a goldfish. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we have this thing in our hands that, that our um, biology has not caught up with. And we're, we're not made to have stimulus 24-7. And it's literally like they have the studies now where it's rewriting our neurons in our brain to be wired for immediate gratification, to be wired for more dopamine. We wonder why you know, we're increasingly ADD as a society. It's not a problem we're born with. It's a problem, you know, it's more of a nurture problem than a nature problem. Um, so yeah, we, we, we don't, once again, like we have this amazing tool, but we don't know how to have it in a healthy way. Like, you know, one of the best things I tell people is don't look at your phone for the first 30 minutes to an hour of your day. Don't look at your phone for the last 30 minutes to hour of your day, but nobody can do that. It's so hard. We're, we're, we're addicted to the phone and the phone now, like it used to be a tool that we use, but now we have become the tool that the phone uses and companies know that. Yeah. Someone, someone was on my show last week and, and they reminded me that the most recent generation of kids the most recent generation is referred to as the lonely generation. Mm -hmm. And and isn't that interesting that the time when they're so connected through these devices that they're the lonely generation. And and part of the reason is because the, the social interactions that often defined us, that created us, 
they don't have those social interactions. I mean, you see, let me give you an example. I, I, I saw, um, I, saw, I was at a place and I saw some teenage girls and they were all sitting together and um, not a single one of them was looking at each other. Every, all, I think four or five of them, each one of them were just looking at their phones the entire time they were there. They would every time, every now and then do a selfie of the four of them, and then immediately go back to the phone. And, and their goal was to present something about themselves, some image of themselves to the world that's different from the reality that they felt. So not only was that dangerous, but the, but the issue of not having social interaction is, is dangerous. And it is, it is interesting that the generation is now referred to as the lonely generation. That's, that's so sad when you think about it. It's incredibly sad. It's actually the lost lonely generation if you really look at the totality of what's going on. And that instant you, you spoke to actually is two things. One of them, it's the phone has trained us to seek external validation on a massive scale. Like literally your self-worth is dictated by how many likes you get or how many followers you have, which is mind-blowingly crazy. And you're right, we are more connected than ever, but that's not how humans thrive. That's not how humans get fulfillment. Actually, human fulfillment is from deep connection on an emotional level with other human beings. But this generation right now, because of the cell phone, is not taught how to actually connect on a human level with people. It's more it's more transactional than it's ever been instead of, hey, let me just level on you as a person. Let me just connect you and see what's going on with you instead of, hey, what can I get from you? Hey, listen, by the way, as I mentioned at the beginning, that Instagram and Facebook and maybe Twitter. I'm not on Twitter anymore. I was when I was a, when I was in the media world. But it, Twitter to me is such a negative, so negative a, a platform. I finally just knocked it out. I had TikTok for a short period of time because I was intrigued by the fact that it was the number one social media platform in the world now. Mm-hmm. But when I really dove into understanding about the Chinese and what they're gathering, and they're taking data gathering to a whole new level. Maybe one day I'll, I'll do a show about it because I came from the media world. I'm so aware of it. But you think, but here's the thing, though. You can still, as I mentioned at the beginning, you, there's, there's a lot of good stuff. I'm following a lot of people, including you, I might add, but a lot of people in the fitness arena and the data that's coming out today the science and how it's communicated is uh i mean it's just we've learned so much more there's a there's a lot of ways now to learn how to 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 sort of refine your capabilities when it comes to fitness if you've got if you have a commitment to it there's a lot of fodder there isn't there there is i would say too much information on how to improve yourself out there on social media right now. And what we have to do as um, individuals that want better for ourselves is we really need to do a better job of not listening to everything we see, but really understanding what's actually real, truthful, honest, backed by science, and what's marketing to make money. Because you're seeing a lot of that out there right now too with all these gimmicks and BS science, it's not even real science. Like they're, they're extrapolating stuff that's not even true. So we have to do a better job of understanding like what's real and what's not because we're so inundated by so much information right now. It is it's true, we are. You nodded when you talked, when you heard me talk about quiet contemplation. Um, you know, the point about the phone, by the way, that you were just talking about, it's not just about 
your mind being stimulated because of what you're looking at on your phone prior to going to bed. But there's a lot of science out there about the light and the impact the light's having on your brain and how that has a way of disrupting sleep. Um, but it's a, it's a really important thing to, to, to take in, into account. But the whole notion of sitting quietly is so powerful, isn't it? Well, we have this amazing gift called intuition. And the problem right now we're having in society is we're so addicted to dopamine. We're so addicted to our phone. We're so addicted to being like we have a real problem right now of just being addicted to being busy for the sake of being busy because we think busy is productive even though it's not. But the answers you're looking for are often found in your intuition, but you can't listen to your intuition if your mind is too busy and there's already too much chatter happening for you to slow down, have that quiet time and actually listen. I mean, that's the importance of prayer. That's the importance of meditation. And I think what's cool about where we're at right now in society is I think there's like 15,000 studies on the brain now on the importance of quiet time, meditation and prayer. So now it's scientifically backed how powerful this is and how much this helps you. Yet we're so addicted to the meter gratification, the dopamine and all these things that we never slow down long enough to actually listen in and tune in to what's supposed to come through us. Let me t- let's, I want to talk a little bit about diet for a second, not, not being on a diet, but just diet. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, let me, let me just tell you about myself. You know, as you know, I, I walk a lot, ride the bike a lot. I probably do 50, 40 to 50 miles of walking slash running a week and then ride the bike 20, 30, 40 miles a week at least. And then, um, and then I work out weight three days a week. And I've really, really, if, you, if I had to describe my fitness plan is this, that I'm able to, with my Fitbit watch, be able to measure how much, how many calories I burn in the day. I also have begun to actually log food. Now, I thought for a long time that if I log food, that that's not, that's hard to do. And why would I even think about that? And but, but what's interesting is the way the I use a Fitbit. You know, there are other capabilities as well. But Fitbit, in their database, every food that you can imagine is already in there, and also the nutritional value of that as well. So when you go in and select it, it it, it, it saves it up and it tells you sort of where you are. We're at the end of the segment. When I get on the other side, I'll tell you more about what I've learned, and I want to get Robbie's thoughts about this. We'll see you after this break. Also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. Open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Robbie D'Angelo, who is a human optimization coach, and we're talking about the journey to get fit. And when we went to break, I was talking about how you know, when I was young, 20s, 30s, 40s, I could you know, I could usually in January you know, go on a bit of a not never really a diet, but pay more attention to what I ate. And it would just it would just you know come off of me the weight would and I would get in shape and everything would be fine. 
And I just, you know, I could kind of eat what I wanted usually. But once you get into your late 40s and 50s and 60s, man, your metabolism starts to slow down. And you got to pay more attention to things like what you eat, uh, the macros of what you eat. For example, protein is hugely important. Um, I'm shooting I'm shooting personally for somewhere between 90 and 100 grams of protein a day. I might could do some more than that, but that's what I'm shooting for. And what's interesting is that if you... If you don't pay attention to that, it's amazing, actually, how many days can go by and you never actually hit your goal. And I find myself now, I'll look at it and say, man, I've only had 30 grams today and it's time for dinner. And I'll say, you know, I'll go grab a couple of packs, pouches of tuna so I can, you know, get my get my protein in. But I think about it different than I used, uh, than I used to. What's interesting, though, Robbie, is you start logging all this in. Um, you're more, you're more, when you're logging it, when you have goals around it, you're more aware, say, not to eat that, but you, you, maybe you need to eat this instead, or the snacking, snacking, it's not something you really pay much attention to anymore. You know, I, for, I, for a while, I maybe snacked a little bit too much. And for me, snacking might be popcorn and too much fruit. You know, I, it's not like I was doing, you know, uh, desserts and stuff like that. Um, I do intermittent fasting. I don't. I, I stop eating at eight o'clock at night. I don't eat again till noon the next day. So I have that's that's a window that I have. And it, there's a lot of science out there now about intermittent fasting, isn't there, Robbie? There's a lot of science about so many things that we're doing right now. And like like I talk about, like there's a ton of science. And the big thing, like we talk about intermittent fasting, we talk about water, we talk about you have to find what works for you. You've got to find what you can consistently do that's not drudgery to you. Um, And you speak about logging your food. Most people are scared to death to log their food because they know how bad they're eating. And putting it on paper is the accountability they don't want to have. When in actuality, it's one of the best tools to actually get you ahead. And they've done studies on this. There's actually studies proving that just by logging your food, you eat like 20% less calories. Like what an easy tool to implement in your life that really doesn't take a lot of time. It's not as big as you think it is. Just log it and you can have like about a 20% reduction in calories. Hey, brother, what's interesting about it? They've made it so easy. Like again, coming, so back, easy. coming back to the to Fitbit app, the most recent stuff is captured. The most frequent stuff is captured. And then you can go in and customize something if you want to. Most of the food that you would buy at stores, for example, is is, um, is is in the database already. So they've really worked hard to make it easy for you to be able to log it. And again, it's it is it is a, it is eye opening. I'll give you an example. We were at the hunting camp this past weekend, and I had a a, um, a ribeye steak, a little bit larger ribeye steak than I normally have, and I went in to put it into the thing. And I had uh, about 1,200 calories to spare based on the goal of what I could take in that day. And that steak was 885 calories. Now, it was loaded. Now, you know, it's that fat is, is not bad to have. And the, the protein that I was getting was really good. And I was still underneath my goal. But before, I, w- I, I wouldn't have even thought about a, a steak being 885 calories. Uh, it's it's it is a learning uh, part of the journey, isn't it? To see what you know, what the micros and macros are as it relates to food. Absolutely, and that, and like you talk about, it's so easy these days. Every app has barcode scanners. They have you know meals in there. They have so many things in there to make it incredibly easy for you. The biggest thing I tell people is like, look, you know, like Nietzsche said, with a strong enough why, you can overcome any how. The how this day is the easiest part. With technology, the how is so easy. What we have to look at is like, why aren't you doing it? 
What's keeping you from doing this? Is it accountability? Are you scared of failure? Like what really is keeping you from tracking food and understanding what you're really putting into your body? Amazing how, again, you know, I'm 65 years old and I, I tried it before. It was difficult because these Mm -hmm. databases weren't there, but this is a, this is another technology enabled thing. If you think about your phone's already in your hand, it's not like you got to get a run over to a, to a (laughs) computer screen somewhere, super user friendly. But then again, what you learn about food is really incredible. My goal is to stay 20% less than what I expend this week. Now I give you an example. I give you another example. I can be in the house and I look at. I didn't get my steps in today, and I'll tell Ann. I'll say, you know, I'm looking at where I am right now and what we're about to eat for dinner. And I said, look, I got to go burn some calories. I'll be back in about 30 minutes, and I'll just leave, get on the bike, or go go walk, or whatever I need to do. But but I but I'm more conscious that the burning part of it, what I've got to go burn, is is going to be 20% greater than what I'm taking in today. That's just the way I look at it. Every single day, that's what I do. And it's not hard. That's the thing that's interesting to me. I don't ever get hungry, Robbie. I'm not hungry. And by the way, I'm not trying to do no carb and no fat. I'm eating a normal diet. I'm just more aware of what, what I'm eating. Well, it's like we talk about, you know, with any change you want to make in your life, the very first step is awareness and that's exactly what you're creating with tracking everything is you're just creating awareness and you're bringing this to the front of your mind and telling yourself this is important to me and that's always the first step well robbie and my goal robbie d'angelo and my goal every time we talk is to uh to give you something to be able to take away and uh, i hope today was packed with things that you could take away you know if you've enjoyed this conversation go to facebook or youtube and grab it and share it with your friends and give it to someone who who needs to hear this this lesson that robbie has to teach that zig ziglar has to teach and we'll do more of this in the future robbie's been a pleasure my friend my man it's always a pleasure hey that's what we're here to do we're here to serve we're here to help as many people as possible you bet you bet this has been robbie d'angelo have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow follow super talk mississippi golf coast 103.1 on facebook facebook.com slash super talk ms coast 103.1 a super talk mississippi media production